Hello and howdy. This is the Hair and the Whole Vibe, a Trent Crim podcast. I'm Lou. And I'm Balt. And uh, yeah, just uh, to start it out, we want to say that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We are going to talk about everything we know um, from Ted Lasso and from a future season. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about uh, the first season of Ted Lasso and especially the part that Trent Krim, our beloved, uh, plays in it. Yeah, I think to start it out, let's just talk about why Ted Lasso, how we got into Ted Lasso, and why the hell Trent Krim of all the characters. I think you should start us off because you were the first one to watch Ted Lasso out of the two of us. Yeah, I think not by long, just a couple (laughs) of weeks or months, but uh, yeah. How did I get into it? I think I saw one or two people um, on Tumblr blog about it. And one of my friends was um, very into it um, in like 2020, 2020. That's how you say it. (laughs) Yes. So um, they got really into it in 2020 and 2021. And I didn't really see the appeal of it at first because it seemed a little silly and um, then I needed a good show to cheer me up last year, like pretty much one year ago. And I thought, was, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to watch that. I'm not going to feel too deeply about it. It's just something that I can uh, watch uh, for fun and not care about too much. But then, yep, that turned into a pretty huge obsession immediately. <laughs> um, and then I tried to drag all my friends into it. And I think that's how... You got it. You succeeded because I remember that I I know I was visiting and you know we wanted to do stuff, but it was the weather was terrible and we said let's just watch something. And we were a group of people, two had seen it, two hadn't seen it, and you suggested let's watch that. I think that was like your height of being like obsessed with Ted Lasso, and you were just you suggesting that we watch that then, since we're mm-hmm. all here and two people hadn't seen it yet. And I had no objections. I didn't really know much about the show. I I don't even remember what I knew. I just knew the joke about Brett Goldstein looking like a CGI character. <laughs> and uh, I remember seeing a picture of Cristo Fernandez throwing the first pitch at a Dodgers <laughs> game, I think. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, that man is beautiful. That was all I knew about the lasso. <laughs> and you guys were like, perfect let's start Mm -hmm. and I was very much primed by you to (laughs) like Trent Krim like I did have didn't have a choice that the show started and once he approached the screen you were like this is the guy this pay attention to this guy (laughs) but to be fair I don't think I I, I don't think I would have been any different if that hadn't happened if I had just watched it by myself I think I would have also mm-hmm. had a similar reaction to him. He's a very magnetic character. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Trent Krim isn't the only reason to get into Ted Lasso, but he's a pretty good reason. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I, I do want to say that, like, right off the bat. I love Ted Lasso, just in general. If Trent Krim wasn't in it, like, if they had never written this character, I think I would still be obsessed with this show because it's just a perfect show. Like, he's not the reason I like the show. Because, I mean, making Mm -hmm. a podcast about him makes it look like we only care about him, but it's just because no one else talks about him. We might as well be doing a podcast about the whole show, and we could, absolutely. But just, 
a disclaimer we do love the entire show even if he wasn't in it yeah i completely agree um i got into ted lasso because of ted lasso like because of the whole show and because of the main character i love ted so much and i think it's such a well-written show and um it's both funny and deep and that's pretty much all i want from a show like I love analyzing characters to death and that's a show that allows you to do that and also tells you, you are right to do this. Yes, they is, want you to pay attention. That is the key in this show. It is one of the few shows out there that is genuinely well-written, not just like, oh, they kind of have a knack for world building or something. No, they genuinely write every single line with care and every single line means something bigger. And uh, with the characters, I... I'm not sure who said it, but one one of the writers, or maybe maybe even Jason Sudeikis said it, that um, when they wrote and planned Ted Lasso, like all, all three seasons, they had a beginning, a middle, and an end for every character. And that feels true for even the smallest characters on this show. And it feels true for Trent Krim as well. And that's why it's so fun to engage with this character and take him so seriously, because even though he's not there that much, especially in the second season, um, it feels like there's something meaningful going on there. And so it's so fun to uh, try and figure him out and try to see what makes him tick and all that. Yeah, that is the rewarding thing and why we make this podcast, because we know that anything we interpret into it or read into it is not us being like insane and overanalyzing a character that's completely meaningless to everyone but we are actually like doing what the writers want us to do more or less I mean I, I don't know if they want to encourage this but <laughs> they definitely have this in mind like it's entirely possible that everything we say could be the intention because this mm. is one of the few occasions where a minor character would be written so carefully that anything we read into it is completely true yeah or at least some parts because like, no I, sure... I think we do overdo it sometimes that's true <laughs> yes i do love to overanalyze and take things too far yeah. um and i'm sometimes very um aware of putting on a tin hat <laughs> when i do my little theories of what's gonna happen or what has already happened in the background but i love saying that that little that that degree here in the back that that says that I'm completely right and everything we say is true. <laughs> I am certified yes. good at media analy analysis. Mm -hmm. I have a degree yeah. in it. I've been in fandom for so many years now. I like so many different fandoms as well. And I had so many shows like um, treat its fan base badly. I'm not going to name any names, but you know, when <laughs> we all know what we're talking about here. Yeah. When, when there's a show and you're appreciative and you're a fan and you, you make fan works and make theories. And then the show is time and time again, like, Oh, that's stupid. Um, and we know better. Mm. That's no fun. Yeah. And that's not a show like Ted Lasso is not a show like that. Exactly. Like, even if we were wrong, it's not because like we had we saw something in a character or in the show that was never there like we are used to experiencing like we're used to doing this with shows that don't actually have this in them but even if we're wrong it's not because it's not there but just because we sort of went into a different direction with our interpretation but it mm. will still be very deep and meaningful just maybe in a different direction and that's fair yeah 
Yeah. And I guess like a big part for me, of course, as a queer person, uh, reading stuff into things that's not there is just my mode of being or has been for many years, because of course, now there's more and more shows with actual queer characters and queer storylines. I'm not used to it. But yes, I'm still not used to it. And so I'm still uh, very much in the mode of analyzing things in a way that resonate with me and my experiences. And that's also <laughs> relating to Trent. I mean, yeah, that is. Um... I mean, he is the character to do that too. It's there's just so perfectly little we know about him, but like there is so much potential there. Like he's not like a boring character, but we know very little, and he's interesting. So this is a perfect person to project onto. And also, just mm-hmm. he he. So you see him, and you're immediately like, "Whoa, what's his deal?" hang on <laughs> like he, his character design is absolutely insane it's just there's so much happening when you yeah. just look at him i mean i guess that already brings us immediately to the like season one recap because like even his first <laughs> appearance there's this press room it's a very stressful situation ted is not in a good place uh, he's nervous there's this room full of people and he stands out immediately. Like Trent yep. is immediately visible as someone who is somehow important, important. or different in this room. That is, that also, I think it was Hannah Waddingham who said that being in this room, in this press room with James Lance was really like almost difficult because he has such an intense look as Trent Grimm that she genuinely felt like what Trent Grimm is supposed to make people feel like like the sort of unease like oh oh my god he's looking into my soul Mm -hmm. and that is like you see him and you can tell immediately that that is the vibe he gives off and it's just incredible how how well that translates yeah and especially funny that he seems kind of threatening for someone yeah. who looks so <laughs> like that yeah. i don't know <laughs> i mean i love that there's something about trent Krim. like you understand what his character is supposed to be you understand that he's supposed to be not threatening in a sort of like big burly man threatening but like in a weasley sort of mm-hmm. he'll he'll see through you kind of threat and he talks this way and he looks this way and it all comes together but like once you start looking closer you realize that nothing fits together like you expect Mm -hmm. someone who talks like him and someone who has this aura to dress very differently but then he dresses the way he does with this sort of open shirts and loose tie and oversized jackets and sneakers and you're like okay so he's maybe not a hundred percent what you think and mm-hmm. it's just you and then it just pulls you into it because you start thinking about why does he look like that why does why why is his hair like that why does he talk like that what's with the glasses like you you start <laughs> wondering what is behind all this sort of front of a very scary journalist yeah especially and this is one of my favorite topics you will notice in this podcast oh, yeah. because he wears the same outfit over and over again like especially in season one he has one outfit like with one exception there's one scene where he wears something different but every other episode he wears the same shirt tie jacket the same outfit and it's just so cartoon character of him he is the cartoon character (laughs) in many ways and that gives the kind of impression like that's all he is. He's just this like one dimensional uh, journalist who's just there to ask the and tough questions. And 
he isn't <laughs> and with the catchphrase too like he's trying crim the independent he is just the man from his job and he only has yeah. this one outfit he is he is supposed to appear very easy to read like you're supposed to have this one assumption he's a journalist and he's mean and you immediately recognize him every time because he's extremely recognizable and always stands out mm -hmm. and it's just this absolutely incredible concept to have this character be such a cartoon character and then i mean we're not talking about season two but then to just throw that whole thing over like it's yes so smart and well done especially because i think like everybody in this world like in in the afc richmond world immediately accepted that this is the kind of character trend is like they all think he's scary yeah. he's harsh he's uh, he says it directly like rebecca specifically uh, asks him to do that profile on ted because uh, she thinks he will destroy ted so he has this reputation and Ted, of course, doesn't know it. He doesn't know anything when he walks into that press room. But he immediately, even when he's told differently and when he gets, like, that vibe from Trent, jumps over it and comments on his glasses and is like, nice glasses. Yeah, I love that. And I love that so much. <laughs> I, like, I like that that's very obvious that there is supposed to be this routine. Because he falls into it later. Like, he stands up and introduces himself. And he already takes a breath to say Trent Krim the Independent and Ted just zaps in there with his I like your glasses and it completely the man loses his rhythm he is completely confused he just thanks him because I guess out of habit you thank people for a compliment yeah. and then he briefly collects himself again it's like it's Trent Krim the Independent like he mm. needs a second like I love that from the first moment on Ted confuses Trent and like completely baffles him and he flusters him like he doesn't know mm -hmm. how to react to how to react to ted in a normal way because ted is not at all like any man he has ever talked to yeah i mean like there's there's every reason for trying to be confused because if we consider what kind of people were in that press room like on the other side of the table before like we meet yeah. uh we we don't yeah. meet rupert yet in that episode but we meet uh the previous manager and um so we we can only imagine what kind of vibe was going on yeah. in that press room before and i think the the fact that uh trent is kind of like I get, let's just say it, he's kind of gender non-conforming and ha he has these queer vibes and a man like that in a press room like that, of course he's going to expect yeah. that people will, will hate him or treat him badly, maybe even call him slurs, I don't know. And so Ted comes in and goes like, nice glasses, of course that's going to throw Trent off. Yeah, yeah, he's used to this usual like sports masculinity that we always associate with uh, football unfortunately that is rightfully and unfortunately associated with football that you know mm. they're they this very toxic masculinity this homophobia this misogyny and we see that in the previous manager he is all of those things just to it like cartoonishly to a t he is a horrible person and mm. then ted is the complete opposite and you can really tell that they wanted that to be an obvious thing like they wanted people like Trent to be completely taken aback by mm. how different he is like you 
if you get into like trans character like we do you start to realize oh he really expected this to be another terrible experience mm. or maybe he doesn't consider it a terrible experience because he's used to it but like another one mm. of those people yeah like, especially because he's american he's from kansas trent yeah. probably has that like locked just in his notes in his head like okay he's probably a homophobic piece of shit so i'm gonna prepare for yeah. that and he prepares mm. for that and then he isn't and He's very confused how to mm-hmm. just where to put him now because he was. Yeah. It's, I love that about what Trent Trent's character like what purpose he serves. He has a box for Ted, and Ted is just refusing to be inside that box, and mm-hmm. Trent doesn't know how to deal with that. And I think in that way, uh, Trent is kind of the character that there's this phrase in 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 season in, in episode three where Ted goes to Beard. Um, Roy, he's the first domino that needs to fall, but I think it starts even sooner. Like the whole football complex, or like the whole football universe, um, that Ted enters. I think Trent is the first point of entrance where you see how that whole world that has built itself up around itself and the whole, whole like. Uh, way these people treat each other and talk to each other Trent is the first one to actually get hit with what it means now that Ted is a part of that because well Rebecca does too but Rebecca isn't in a place yet where she can like let that happen to her I guess like when when Ted asks her before he goes in the into the press room um how she's holding up and how she's doing after uh, uh the divorce and all that um but yeah, I think Trent is the first one who really gets caught off guard. Or if he's not the first, at least he's one of the first. Yeah, that is... I mean, we've been saying this. Like, There are these big parallels between Trent and Rebecca. Because mm-hmm. Trent basically speed runs Rebecca's arc just in the first couple of episodes. Like By yeah. episode three, he is where Rebecca is at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Just completely won over by Ted against his will, so to speak. Yeah. The only difference is... Trent didn't do anything to Ted the way mm-hmm. that Rebecca did. Like he he didn't purposefully like just sabotage Tre- Ted mm-hmm. every step of the way. That is the only reason he can speed run this arc because mm-hmm. he only needs to be won over. He doesn't also need to deal with some sort of guilt or something like that. Yeah. So it's absolutely incredible how many parallels they've built up there that he also he just right off the bat has this idea of who Ted is and is just ready to destroy him and as soon as he gets a con- into a conversation with Ted a real one in episode three this whole thing is just completely gone because he realizes mm-hmm. oh wait this wasn't this guy isn't at all what I expected and he's actually genuinely a good person and now I don't know yeah. how to deal with that yeah I mean Episode three. What an episode. <laughs> I mean, it's we like, can make a whole cool. episode yeah. just about it. We, and we, we might. We, we probably And will. we might. <laughs> yes. Episode three is just the absolute greatest episode in this show for so many reasons. One, it is called Trent from the Independent. <laughs> <laughs> Two, uh, it, it shows exactly the Ted Lasso effect. Like, Trent has a narrative purpose that is very clear, and that is to show... Ted Lasso's effect on the people around him, specifically mm-hmm. people who don't 
want to like Ted because for example we see pretty quickly how well Keely and Ted get along but Keely never had mm -hmm. a reason to dislike Ted like she never walked into that room going like okay I will hate this American coach she doesn't give a shit about football that mm -hmm. way we know that about her she doesn't care about football so she doesn't care who that man is she just cares about like what she learns about a person and she very quickly learns oh he's a nice guy you know she is won mm -hmm. over but not because she, she didn't resist it but trent is mm -hmm. one of the people who resist it who don't want to like him mm -hmm. and his purpose is to very early in the show establish what does it look like when a person goes from i hate this guy he's stupid he's he sucks why is he here to mm -hmm. oh i like him i genuinely like him mm -hmm. and that is just sort of his purpose and i think it's very interesting that it's he's a character who's just a narrative tool he's just there mm -hmm. for the audience to be like ah okay so this is how ted wins people over mm -hmm. but he becomes so much more later like he breaks out of this role that he has it's just the narrative tool to show us what it's like and ted mm -hmm. wins people over and he becomes so yeah. much more and it's incredible how they do that yeah especially because like you mentioned keely being won over pretty quickly because she doesn't have anything to do with the football and she doesn't care like ted if this team wins or loses and so, of course, there's no reason for her to uh, prejudge him like that. Like, But I think there's also a kind of uh, layer of gender to it. Like, the whole masculinity oh, yeah. and the way Ted doesn't fit into that, like, the, the football masculinity, Ted doesn't fit into it. And I think there's a reason that Trent specifically is one of the first one to like the first ones to experience the Ted Lasso um, effect in that football universe because he also doesn't fit into that football yeah. masculinity that's good yeah because he's also one of the people who's negatively affected by this environment yeah. I mean there's also many other reasons why uh, episode three is great because also that's where um, a lot of the good uh, oh, yeah. Keely and Roy plot Ooh, starts yeah. and interesting stuff between keely and jamie and roy and jamie yeah um very cool um plot lines like this episode is great for many reasons and it's especially interesting because it, the episode is 30 minutes long and trent appears only after 12 minutes or something even though the episode is named after him yeah but that is that is the interesting thing so why is the episode named after him why is this so important that we pay attention to trent and it's because mm -hmm. ah okay we're supposed to understand the formula so to speak the ted lasso mm -hmm. effect formula and then i mean the whole interview process is very interesting it's a thing that makes so little sense for a show like this to have a character literally ask a question about a character's mm -hmm. motivation and that character giving an answer like it's the, the kind of thing mm -hmm. you would do for like when you try to get into a character to play them you would have like an imaginary interview maybe and mm -hmm. you would be like okay what's my character's motivation why is he here why does he do that blah 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 but they actually mm -hmm. have this as part of the script on screen like Trent's purpose is to ask Ted questions and for the mm -hmm. audience to get an answer and it's really weird and unusual shows don't tend to do that you're supposed to get mm -hmm. the answers implied you have, you're mm -hmm. supposed to just read into things so it's really unusual and interesting that Trent's entire purpose in the beginning seems to be asking questions so the audience can have answers to questions mm -hmm. and I, yeah it, it makes you like wonder why did why why this is a really weird choice because okay he's a journalist of course he asks questions but that doesn't automatically mean that we're supposed to actually get 
proper answers. I mean, they could have done mm -hmm. so many things with this sort of spend the day with Ted Lasso plot, but they chose mm -hmm. to specifically use episode three to give us very explicit answers from Ted. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of defeats the whole show don't tell policy that yeah. you know would make even this show usually show. Yeah. follows even ted lasso specifically is is quite the show don't tell show mm -hmm. so i think that it's very important that we have many things in that show that we learn by watching it and sometimes watching it again and again because yeah. sometimes like many things in this show only reveal themselves after you watched it like twice or more yeah um but i think it's important that right from the start uh, we get a few clear answers about why ted does this job and yeah. what brought him there uh, to say that there's no like it's not a secret he doesn't like there's there's no hidden layers there he just genuinely genuinely loves coaching people and especially young people and that's something that never gets questioned like his motivation of course that he came there because he ran away from a marriage that was falling apart and all that that gets revealed later and that's something he doesn't tell Trent at the moment but still he's very honest and very clear um and yeah that's unusual especially for this show yeah I think the and maybe that is also why this episode is the famous the episode that gets people into the show because I mean we can't even count how many times we've seen tweets and posts online where people said that they were sold when they watched episode three like the first two episodes mm -hmm. they weren't sure but episode three is the one that sold them and mm -hmm. I think this might have something very big to do with that because you might at first also not be sure about Ted you might be like mm. oh is he actually hiding something like is there going to be a big twist why he mm. does this why he's like this what is he hiding so mm. to speak like you might if you're not immediately sold on Ted's character because of the way he <laughs> is like some of us were I was immediately just completely taken <laughs> yeah. by him I didn't care I didn't question him I was like yes I love him but it's very easy to be like Rebecca and like Trent and be like okay what's he hiding what's up there so I think that might be why people get sold on this episode because they are told very explicitly by the show there's not no hiding here he is just like mm -hmm. that genuinely like that and the character you might be identifying with right now because i think most people would identify with characters like trent who are like why the fuck would this man coach football and yeah you're supposed to like see it from his perspective like yeah no there's no reason to be like to to question him to to you know wonder if there's something behind it all because if Trent mm. is one over if Trent believes him that this is the truth then I can too and that is why mm. people like love this episode so much I think that's why people mm. need this episode to get into the show to to be explicitly told don't worry it's not that kind of show he really is this genuine mm. and now you can actually enjoy it yeah and I mean in that way uh, Trent is also a very meta character because like especially with the asking questions and getting direct answers. That's something a TV show mm -hmm. rarely does. But also um, it's a comment, I guess, in some way on TV shows and especially comedies and how a lot of comedies um, in the last couple of years or like the last two, two decades have been very cynical and have this kind of humor that's very backhanded, sarcastic. Yeah. 
And so, and, and that's Trent too. He's a very cynical character, a very cynical man. And mm. um, like Ted say, says multiple times in episode three that he is like looking forward to spending time with Trent, that he enjoys spending time with Trent. And only in the end, only when uh, Trent leaves the restaurant, um, he finally begins to understand that Ted yeah. actually means it, that yeah. he actually does enjoy spending time with Trent and there's nothing cynical or, uh, yeah, sarcastic about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that is true because I think mo there are some people who don't like Trent when they start watching the show, but most people I think are supposed to see themselves as Trent. Like when he makes a sarcastic, cynical joke, you are supposed to like laugh with, him like you're not supposed to be like oh what a dick mm -hmm. you're supposed to be like yeah i get that like you're supposed mm -hmm. to sort of identify with his position and mm -hmm. that is a very fascinating balance that they found between making him like explicitly kind of an asshole but also a stand-in for the audience who might want mm -hmm. to ask exactly the same questions that trent just happens to ask mm -hmm. and that's especially interesting because like Ted is the point of view character in that first press conference and when he gets his first panic attack we see that almost from his perspective yeah. and Trent's question is the one that triggers that but still it like we see a point in Trent asking yeah. that it's not completely well he's the bad guy here yeah. and Ted is the good guy it makes sense that he asks it yeah because I think it also depends sort of what kind of place and culture you grew up around if you're European or English and you know how much people care about their sports then I think it's very easy to like hear Trent say is this a fucking joke and be like yeah right mm -hmm. is this a fucking joke like in mm -hmm. real life that would be what I think as well so mm -hmm. he's not I don't think he was meant to be in any way villainized I think he was genuinely meant to be a character audiences might identify with in a certain mm. way of like oh he's asking the questions i have and also um asking something that ted himself is completely aware of like ted yeah. like one of the first things that ted says is is this nuts he knows that this yeah. is very weird that for him as an american football coach going to england to to like coach soccer to to coach a premier league uh, football yeah. club he knows that that's not a normal thing to do and he's aware of that and Trent just voices it voices it from a, a standpoint of someone who cares about this club I mean he says um you know that people in this town um care about this club and he's included in that like he's one yeah of the yeah 100 percent yeah I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, it's never specified, but I'm pretty sure he himself is an AFC Richmond fan. Yeah, I think he, I think that might also be a little bit why he's so hostile towards Ted, because yeah. not only is he a sports reporter he's, who's supposed to be, like, brutally honest and, you know, all of those things, but he's very explicitly someone, like Rebecca says, that the people listen to, which means he does have a genuine care for the club, so everything like brutally honest and mean that he says would be something that the fans would agree with like oh last mm -hmm. match the manager did this made this really shitty decision and the fans would be like he's right mm -hmm. he's he's saying what we think because he does represent the opinion of the fans because mm -hmm. i think he just is a fan and he knows how they feel about these choices and he doesn't 
just report we know he doesn't just report objective like statements he does take the role of someone who represents the entire fan base Mm. because he's also a fan I mean, even the the pub lads on the first episode exactly. when <laughs> they uh, love him. there's the live press conference, <laughs> they they go like, yeah, Trent Crim. Hell yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love that moment. Because so... at first, the first time I watched it, I read it as like, they normally hate the press. And now that Trent is saying something that they agree with, they're suddenly huge fans mm-hmm. of Trent. But they know his full name. They are like, yeah, Trent Crim, say that. Like They mm-hmm. respect his opinion. And Rebecca is true in saying that that's, allegedly the reason she hired him because people respect what he says so if he says something mm-hmm. bad about ted people will 100 side with him even if they don't know ted personally mm-hmm. so it's i think very the show does want us to believe that trend represents fans in a sort of like he's a voice of the fans in a way mm-hmm. should we talk about trent's daughter because oh. <laughs> it's a <little> baby girl <laughs> yeah i mean that's one of the things that gets introduced just just so casually right. that immediately makes this character feel so deep and layered and yeah. feel like even though he's They're a so minor character they are so good though, at yeah. that because this isn't other shows would struggle be like oh if we want him to have, like i don't even know if they were like consciously like we want him to have a daughter or if they were just like okay we need sort of a dialogue here he needs to say something Mm -hmm. but either way they completely fleshed out a minor character with a single line of dialogue and he wasn't even Mm -hmm. on screen for it yes (laughs) well i think the whole daughter daughter thing happens in two ways like the first of course is when uh higgins comes back in episode nine um (laughs) and uh and ted brings him the biscuits and there's this whole back and forth if uh, these are now for Higgins or for Trent's daughter and we never meet the daughter but apparently Ted has met her yeah. so there has to have been a lot of backstory where exactly. Ted and Trent apparently met again or maybe the daughter was at a game or something yeah we we don't know that but it it has happened and it fills this like whole show with so much life but it also gives this character like the small character of Trent such a deep layer to his character but it starts earlier because we already see it in episode three that yeah. he wears um these yeah, little, the bracelets little bracelets yeah that definitely aren't something that fit to like fit his whole vibe yeah. <laughs> i always think um maybe that's the first hint that we get that he has a life outside of um, journalism and then later we find out yeah he has a daughter yeah that is the incredible thing right he's this cartoon character who's just his job and then suddenly they throw in like oh yeah ted has met his daughter his whole daughter Mm -hmm. like this one has a family (laughs) and you're like and and it it does prompt you to think about it like okay so under what circumstances would ted not only have met the daughter but also found out her birthday and promised her to make her cookies like mm-hmm. there so many things must have happened which might have happened over the course of like more meetings than just mm-hmm. one so it really you, you just if you care even a little bit about this character you sit there and you're like okay so how did this happen what, what where is this coming mm-hmm. from so what does that say about Trent because if he's such a such an asshole so to speak at the beginning of the show and before the show mm-hmm. But he has a daughter, so how did that happen? Like, how is he like this, but has a little daughter? Mm-hmm. Why is he like this? And 
how goddamn quick did Ted just zero in on that? <laughs> like he saw mm-hmm. that little girl and was like, oh, that is my way in. That is my way mm-hmm. to win Trent over for, for real, like completely. Yeah, it's very interesting um, how Ted wiggles his way into Trent's heart, I guess, immediately. No, 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 he doesn't like... wiggle. We know he doesn't wiggle. In James' no. own words, he blows the doors of Trent's heart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yes, uh, James Lance, who is like one of the most men. <laughs> that is ever. a good way to say it. Yeah, um, I'm just so glad that he's the one who plays Trent Grimm because oh, yeah. uh, he he tries to understand this character in such a deep level and he gives so much heart to this character, even though like Trent isn't there much. Yeah, and no, but that that is the incredible thing. I think that also goes for all the actors on the show. There's this really deep love for their characters. They don't just recite their lines and do like the superficial character work. Like, okay, this mm-hmm. is his job. This is his family. No, James Lance, we know this, is very, very deep in sort of what we do as well. This backstory mm-hmm. creating, this motivation understanding. Like he, mm-hmm. every line he delivers, he has an exact plan for because he knows exactly why Trent says this line it's just incredible and that is why this is so rewarding because we know everything is on purpose if we remark Mm -hmm. a certain acting choice that was an actual acting choice and not just something we're reading into like the wink like when Trent winks at Ted in that episode six that is such a choice that is a choice because no open it does reinforce that this is sort of an, an insider. Like they have jokes now. They they both know that this introduction is like more as a, more a joke than anything else. Like mm-hmm. Ted calls on him as Trent Crim the Independent, and he responds with Trent Crim the Independent, and you mm-hmm. and he winks, and you realize they're vibing. And I think this might yeah. be like oh, because they already have met outside of the press room at this mm-hmm. point. Entirely possible that him meeting his little daughter has already happened at this point Mm -hmm. so this is just to reinforce the sort of they they get along now they might have some Mm -hmm. kind of friendship now and it's just a tiny Mm -hmm. little wink but it tells us so much about them like they just vibe like that they can just be casual like that yeah it's incredible and especially because we only see or almost only ever see Trent in this press room and this is the only kind of interaction we get (laughs) almost all of season one um the way that they develop this character in a like um small setting like that in like a formulaic setting like that they still show so much with so little and it's incredible because all the other reporters are also recurring characters Mm -hmm. but they're not given personality the way Trent is like he's very specifically chosen to stand out like all the other characters mm-hmm. in the first episode also ask him these uh, questions mm-hmm. they they also hound him they have names and they have like you know their standard mm-hmm. uh, the way they look but only Trent is singled out as someone with a personality and the bond with Ted and mm-hmm. not just because of episode three where they hang out so <laughs> I mean it's the job but yeah. you know they hang out like in every single following appearance, he is the journalist that you're waiting for to speak to, that you're looking for, that you look at in the room. Like, you know, oh, he's going to say something now. He's going to say Trent Crump the Independent. You don't mm-hmm. pay attention to the other reporters the same way. And mm-hmm. that's on purpose. 
Yeah, I was I was about to say something about um how Trent is dipped in milk, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, the dipped in milk line is very good, and that is also I, that also goes together with the sort of the catchphrasiness and the inside jokes because Ted says very explicitly this line about how Trent is a tough cookie who just needs to be dipped in milk because we know sort of Ted has a way with people he understands how people tick and he quote-unquote manipulates them into sort of revealing their actual like personality and bonding with Ted he doesn't do it in a malicious way he just does bond with people that well he can read people and use that to bond with them and he Mm -hmm. says that like he knows Trent is very hard to talk to very hard uh, to crack but he's just gonna dip him in milk and Trent Mm -hmm. arrives in that episode on the pitch with this beautiful coach lesson from America which feels very (laughs) jokey and casual and not Mm -hmm. even cynical and you called that and I, I thought that phrasing was very funny he just he arrives he shows up already soaked in milk like he didn't need much dipping anymore he already Mm -hmm. shows up with this little joke based on their introduction back and forth from the press conferences so that is a very fascinating choice that they made that he shows up like this with a little joke so they can have their little back and forth even outside of the press room i mean i think it shows very clearly that even early on um trend isn't completely comfortable in the role that he plays like he loves the sport he loves this team but there's something not quite right yeah and i think it's very interesting how his character is built up from there especially like after episode three because we see him um now like he has stated publicly that he likes ted and that he (laughs) roots for him and still he keeps asking these like tough questions um and is still someone who takes his job seriously um but it feels different now it feels like he's um not doing it to um to show how badly ted is failing but to give him opportunities to show um that he actually knows what he's doing yeah that is where this whole cartoon character thing comes from because trent Mm -hmm. is very comfortable in this role he has been assigned by the world this mean journalist in this environment and he is very used to this role and he knows exactly how to play it and you know Ted sort of gives him this out he gives him the opportunity to finally break out of this role because and it is like James Lance said it is the moment in episode three when they have this conversation at the restaurant that is when Trent for the first time realizes he is playing a role because this beautiful conversation that they have Trent what do you love that completely takes Trent aback. Now, there are multiple interpretations for why Trent reacts this beautiful way, but ultimately, Ted then says it's writing, and Trent just agrees that, yes, he, he loves writing. Ted doesn't assume that Trent loves his job, which we mm-hmm. would think. I personally would have assumed that, because this man introduces himself with his job everywhere. It's He's Trent mm-hmm. from the independent, so he's known as this, you know, sharky journalist. And mm-hmm. now there's Ted, who says it's writing. And I think in that moment, Trent, for the first time in many, many years, realizes, yeah, I love writing. I don't love my job. Yeah. I love writing. I do this job because I get paid to write, not because mm-hmm. I love being a mean journalist. And I think that is that is the key moment for Trent, because that sets off 
his entire journey of self-discovery that he goes through off screen in yes. this show this, this yes. realization that i've been doing the wrong thing for so many years mm-hmm. and i want out and ted is the reason that ted is not like he didn't like make him he didn't save him or anything but he is mm-hmm. the first person that reminded him that made him actually actually think about it mm-hmm. And it's so very interesting because when you first watch season one, you don't know yet um, everything else that's coming. And you don't know yet that Trent is going to leave this job eventually and like burn a source, which is something that is so not done in his line of like work, especially for someone as prolific as him. Um, And so like this show is so good at setting up like small crumbs that lead to some like bigger storyline later and they do this with many characters and they do it amazingly with Ted mm. like in at first when you don't know what's going on with Ted and you don't know his whole backstory with his dad um and and everything that he went through and like even in the beginning of the show when you don't know his um uh the the fact that he's like having problems with Michelle with his wife and you find that out at the end of the episode when you watch the first episode again then you see many ways um that Mm -hmm. where that gets visible and that's the case too for Trent and for all of season one that there's already so many things in there that that then later become important bits and pieces for the puzzle that you build in season two exactly like this is it writing and Trent only agreeing and not giving like an actual response coming from himself that eventually mm-hmm. leads to him leaving his job and just that little line in episode three sets it off that is the moment that leads mm-hmm. to that moment at the end of season two it's incredible mm-hmm. how they built that up yeah because you for a lot of episodes but... nothing happens <laughs> yeah. he just is a journalist and he is trying from mm-hmm. the independent and you are very comfortable with knowing this about him and you're like okay yep that's mm-hmm. the role he plays that is who he is and then out of nowhere seemingly he drops the whole thing and then you watch the show again and you realize oh that is mm-hmm. the reason that is when it started it was that yeah. moment and it, he needed some time to you know marinate in that milk that's a oh, bad, that's <laughs> not bad visual. I'm sorry. I think we need to drop the milk analogy. Yes, okay. It's not working um, anymore. No. I mean, no. he's. I mean, it's like an Oreo cookie, right? If if you dip him in milk like really quick, it's like okay, it's a little softer. But if you leave that thing in there, it dissolves. Mm, yeah. And it dissolved. No. It should have been something we said in the intro, but we made this podcast specifically with the goal in mind that we follow ep- uh, season three with our podcast and. Right now, these are introductory episodes. They're supposed to show people what we're going to talk about once season three comes around, what sort of ideas we have about trend and why we even talk about trend specifically. (laughs) And I think this was a good first episode to um, give a glimpse into our brain rot. Oh, yeah. I mean, brain rot is the only right word (laughs) to describe it. And since we don't know yet um, how long it's going to take for season three to happen um we can talk about trend for as long as we have to (laughs) oh yeah we can fill weeks weeks of podcasts with content yes all right uh that's it and um so this is now the official outro part where we thank uh, david hyde for the music that we use in this podcast and we want to thank mykonos salome on tumblr uh for the beautiful cover art 
And also thanks to everyone for listening and for hanging out with us. If you want to ask us questions, if you feel the same way about Trent and desperately need us to know about it, if you have any theories of your own about Trent, then you can talk to us on Tumblr on crimcast.tumblr.com or send us an email crimcast at gmail.com. That is crimcast. And this is technically a season two thing, but in Trent Crim tradition, we love our love chats. Our chats. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get better at this. <laughs> yeah, that's fine.